Blue Wire. To the end zone he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd. All right, welcome back to the Taj Boy Podcast, and I hope all's been well on your end. Now, all right, look, this past weekend, I got a chance to go to Leesville, South Carolina. And Leesville is in the sticks, but it was for a company called Sorenex, which is a, a weightlifting exercise company. They had an outdoor event called Winter Strong. Now, this was in theme, or a run-lift shoot, all right? So, real outdoorsy. I pulled up. Everybody had tents outside. The whole shebang and i thought it was pretty awesome what i didn't realize is what exa- what exactly it was so i was surrounded by some pretty badass people um some special force guys so your rangers your deltas your seals uh had some avid outdoorsmen some hunters uh some manufacturers out there really special deal but along those lines when you have all of those people in that mix you're also going to have people that train all these elite level performers and I got a chance to, to, to mingle with a few of them. Um, this guy named Shelton Stevens, really, man, just he had this presence about him. And we struck up a conversation. And I'm pleased to have him on the pod today. Um, this guy is, is a master at what he does. Uh, and you could tell he's really fiery and passionate about human performance and making sure these guys perform at the most optimal level. So, you know, to give you a little bit of background on Shelton Stevens, Shelton has been in the collegiate ranks uh, for a long time. He was one of the strength coaches at Florida State. He was at LSU. He's at Southern Miss, Liberty, and numerous others, all right? But he went from there and transitioned into the Special Ops Command, and there he is, the human performance specialist out there in Fort Bragg. Now, we can't go into too many details because some of that stuff is classified to a level. But Shelton knows all about what makes these guys tick and how to get the most out of their their bodies and their minds. And we're going to dive into that a little bit and, and see, one, how he got into that position, and two, what he expects coming from it. Now, he also, along those lines, has also created a company called 13 Bar Strong. Now, 13 Bar Strong isn't just for special ops guys, but it's for, you know, your day-to-day people, people in the community. It's for your athletes from middle school to high school to Olympic-level athletes. And so he really gets into all of that. He, you know, disproves some myths for me over there, you know, i.e. stunting growth by lifting weights early. We, we, we go in there and talk about that a little bit, too, and really get his thought process and thought stream on some of that. But more importantly, man, this guy really took the time out, and I'm excited to introduce him to the podcast. Now, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you got any particular questions about what we're doing here, shoot me an email at the Taj Boyd Podcast at gmail.com. I got some people lined up that want to talk about, you know, some college football. They want to talk about life. They want to talk about business. And we're going to do that in the fireside chat. So make sure you stay in tune for that. But I hope you guys really, really enjoyed this podcast. It's special. And, uh, you know, really just appreciate this guy and all the things that he's doing to make our country great. So here we go. All right, so, you know, this past weekend, I had the opportunity to go to Sorenex's outdoor event, Winter Strong. And amidst all of this badassery in the room, I saw a guy who looked like a badass. 
Well, it turns out he actually trains badasses. And we're going to get in here and talk about what he does. But first and foremost, man, just utmost respect to to the vets and everybody in the military, um, whether it is guys that are just on, on in the guard or guys that are in the special forces and everything in between. I mean, I, I got a chance to sit down and have a conversation with these guys and it really just put things into perspective and, you know, you gain an appreciation for, for all things considered. So, um, on this show, I got Shelton Stevens with me and, uh, Shelton's is an expert in that space right here. And I'm so excited because I feel like he's going to be able to offer you valuable insight into what he does and how it will essentially directly correlate to your life as well. So Shelton, welcome to the show, my man. All right, glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course, man. And, and, you know, as I got the chance to, to, to interact, you know, I saw this guy, Shelton Stevens. He had this he had this aura about him, you know. And I'm like, who is this guy? Turns out he is the guy. So, Shelton, uh, want to know a little bit more about the backstory. Um, obviously, you were in the strength and conditioning space for a while, and we'll yep, get into yep. that. But, you know, where'd you grow up at? How did this even happen? And, um, you know, what what life lessons have you learned in the space so far? Oh, man. Well, I grew up in Virginia, um, small country town, you know, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, you know, really, it's crazy how it all happened. I mean, you know, 13 years in the field and, you know, I went to college, played college baseball, um, you know, the whole deal. You know, you go to college, play sports. You really don't know what you want to do with your life. Um, you know, my junior year, one of my professors kind of introduced strength and conditioning to me. I didn't have no idea what it was. And, uh, He's like, if you want to get into it, you know, you should probably work an internship. So I'm applying and I probably applied to a hundred schools, you know, and the only school that, that emailed me back was Florida state at the time. Um, and I was, I was like, all right, you know, I, I can do this, you know? So this is a uh, Florida state university. So I'm like, okay, um, I'm gonna see what this is all about. So I worked a summer internship there. And I, as soon as I entered that weight room, man, it was kind of the doors open for me. I'm like, man, this is what strength conditioning is all about. It's a massive weight room. You see all the national championship banners in there. And I know you being a Clemson guy, I know this is hard to listen to, but, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it was a good experience. Oh, so this was, this was 2006, 2007. So in that summertime, so we, uh, gosh, who was there at the time? Um, Xavier Lee was there. Um, Yes, yes, they were there. Um, I'm trying to think of what other guys was there. Um, uh, Antoine Smith um, at the time. Yeah, those dudes. I mean, again, freak athletes, man. I mean, I got to work with those guys, and um, it was kind of on their down years. You know, when Bowden was out, Jimbo was coming in. It was kind of that transition year, so the, the culture and stuff was a little down then. Um, but I learned a lot from that experience. But, you know, then the trickle effect happened. You know, I got to know coaches, and, and the networking happened. I just kind of worked my way up. And um, kind of worked in college for about 10, 11 years. And it was a heck of an experience and learned a lot. I learned a lot. Well, and playing playing baseball at a high level. Um, yeah. You know, the strength yeah. training is a little bit different in baseball as opposed to football as well. Yep. So, you know, yep. what were some of the things that you had to catch up to in order to understand what those guys needed uh, going forward? Yeah. So playing baseball, you know, we really didn't strength train in college. It was more, you know, going to the fitness center, get a little pump on and, and, and leave. Um you know, entering the strength conditioning world and, and training football for the first time, you start to realize what lifting weights is all about. Um, 
learning complex movements, learning how the body moves, learning about recovery and, and nutrition and those things. Those, those things were never introduced to me. And um, I think sports, of course, is getting a lot better. Um, the strength and conditioning world has grown big time. Um, but I, have, I had no clue at the time. But it was a big shell shock to me um, when I saw that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just learned from the greats, um, I, you know, from the pioneers in the field and, and I had plenty of mentors along the way. It's helped me along the way. But um, yeah, very big difference in just movements and, and exercises and the way the body works and rotation and planes. And I mean, we can get down to the nitty gritty science part of it. But again, there's a big difference um, with sports specificity and everything. But I mean, people don't realize, too, I mean. You know, a squat's a squat, a deadlift's a deadlift. I mean, every every athlete should be doing those found foundational movements. You know, um, you can't get too specific. I mean, you get too specific, then you're talking about practice. That's sport specific. <clears throat> well, and along those lines, with that transitory period that you had between Bowden and Jimbo Fisher, when you're talking about yeah. culture and a structure shift, yeah, you know, from a leadership standpoint in that weight yeah. room, what did that look like? What did accountability look like in that group? Well, I mean, again, you, you talk about guys that come in, you have, you have freakish athletes, you know you have the talent, right? But if the culture's not there and you don't have the leadership, um, I mean, again, you know when the leadership's there, everything flows. But if it's not, um, it's tough. It's tough to uh, keep guys accountable. It's tough to get guys motivated to train. Um, and that stuff carries over to practice. It carries over to the classroom. It carries over to the field. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, you bring somebody in there and develops a culture and a disciplined, a disciplined attitude, um, and attention to detail and those little things. I mean, again, um, that stuff pays off, and you see a big difference in the two. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, it's so interesting because you know you'll have some kids coming in from high school, for example, freshman year. Yep. Where you know, like my high school, we lifted. Um, I mean, we had this this old gym with a rubber mat that was more like a wrestling mat than a basketball court, and we had like a, a sectioned off area with a cage. Yeah. And you know, I was in there you know, deadlift and, and box squat and with, with the linemen and the linebackers and everything else. And there was just this whole mentality um, that we had to be uh, unbreakable to a point, you know. Yep. And so they tried the best they could to, to put us in position. But then you get guys who come in who have never been in that situation, who never even yep. lifted yep. a weight in high school. And you come into that, and that can be it can be pretty terrifying. You know, it's, yep. you know, you walk into that Florida State weight room, and, and I've seen it before, and it's, it's intimidating. It can be, at least uh -huh. anyway. So... You know, I think for a lot of people, and even in today's, you know, I go to the Y or something like that, and I, I'll see people, you know, look at who's lifting the what. And more than anything, mm -hmm. it's about these people and what they're trying to achieve as opposed to, you know, what everybody else's capabilities are to that yep. level. Yep. So, you know, every body type is different. Every structure is different. Every every mental capacity and fortitude is a little bit different. So, yeah, you know, as a yeah. coach, you know, what was your message to these to these guys who hadn't really been in that arena before? Well, I mean, again, uh, you know, it, it's all about coaching. That's good. That's good coaching. You know, when you have somebody that can relate to every player on every level, that's a great coach. You know, so again, um, you know, kids that come in that's that weighs one eighty five and needs to put on twenty to thirty pounds. You know, it's get them to understand how to do that. Guys that need to lose weight and work on technique, it's getting them to understand how to do that, but still motivate them at the same time. You know, I think a big mistake that coaches have is, again, I've seen coaches on the first day, athletes come in, these freshmen, and they have a max out. They need a number, you know, and that's, that is so um, out of tune and, and not the right thing to do with these guys. You know, if, if you know how to train and not a coach, um, again, you can monitor progress along the way. But, 
you know, getting these guys to come in and try to max out. And you see this in high school too, right? I mean, how many videos you see on social media, you know, with these, with these kids lifting with shit technique. Oh, it's terrible. You know, it's terrible to watch. And you just want to say something, but it's like, man, like, I don't want to be that guy. Um, but it's that. It's, it's coaches coming in and teaching these kids how to move and how to lift correctly. All that stuff will carry over, even in college, even professionals. I mean, we see pro athletes on here. You know, we see LeBron James bouncing on a bozu ball, catching um, cones and stuff on his hands, and everybody thinks they need to do that to become a b better basketball player. No, that's not how it works. You know, so it's just thing. It's just educating and teaching. That's the big two things: educate and teach. Yeah, yep, yeah. So that was. So this is the thing. So you go from Florida State, um, who was having their down years, then I went straight to LSU, who just came off a national championship. So I got to see two totally in, different ends of the spectrum there. Um. And when you talk about culture, I mean, it was it was night and day when it came to the the atmosphere, the weight room, um, the way the players worked and fed off each other, energy, all that stuff played a crucial role in a why they're successful, right? And of course, Coach Moffitt was my mentor at the time, great strength coach, and he's still there today. You know, he's been through three different coaches, so that says something about him. But um, but yeah, the next move was LSU, and and again, having Moffitt on my resume and helping him kind of trampoline me into the field um, was where it kind of really kicked off. And LSU, you know, is over the years has been, you know, a pretty prestigious program. Yeah, I mean, they don't yeah. really have too many down years. And, yep. and you know, it, it's, it's interesting because when you talk about these top tier universities, it's almost very similar to those top teams in the NFL as well, as far mm -hmm. as culture is yes, and, yes. and the way it's defined. And, you know, I can, I can, you know, recount <clears throat> or look back on the times that, you know, I was with the Jets as opposed to when I was with Pittsburgh, and the whole mentality was completely different. It was like uh -huh. at the Jets, they were they were hoping, you know, hey, we're going to win the Super Bowl, but they didn't really believe it. And then you walk yeah. into the Pittsburgh yeah. locker room and in the weight room, you got Gee sitting over there, and they got the old rice buckets in there, <laughs> and they're drawing, you know, hand strengthening exercises. And yep. it, was, it was very much Rocky-ish in that weight room. You know? And it was – you don't have to always have the prettiest, nicest things to get what no. you need uh, out of it, you know. And, and so many times, you know, a lot of these kids contribute, and, and they'll look at those as factors into why they're committed to university. But yep. at the end of the day, the biggest thing is just continuing to improve. Well, and, and improving, well, you're getting better. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, at LSU, what I noticed is, I mean, and, and where I learned the most um, about Olympic lifting, technique, attention to detail, I mean, that was the difference, is they coach – their butts off and then they're doing nothing fancy right it's it's they do olympic lifts they squat they deadlift they bench press they'll do some ex assistance work push-ups pull-ups but this stuff's getting coached and if it's not getting coached we as coaches are allowing it to happen and that's the difference right so and that's what i see you know guys don't come in later they do there's a consequence and it's the little things because you see a lot of coaches they let things happen they're you noticed it, they didn't, and it was a big difference when it came to that culture. <clears throat> and you go from, from, from that situation and started off as an intern. Obviously, you're continuing yep. to work yep. your way up to the yep. ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And during each phase of that, from a responsibility standpoint, yeah. did it yeah. become, you know, more serious, or was it always that way? Did you know? Did you <clears throat> see the beginning? Did you did you begin with the end in mind when you first started off in the strength trainer, or did it just kind of take its course? Man, I uh. 
you know, like every young coach, I'm like, man, I just, I'm trying to get to the top, right? I'm trying to, the grass is green at the top. I need to get to that big school. Um, you know, after, after LSU, I landed my first assistant spot and right off the bat, I had to design a brand new weight room. So I was kind of thrown in the fire right off the, right off the bat. Um, but I was still thinking, all right, you know, I'm going to get this next job. I want to be a head strength coach at a big college and a university. It is totally the opposite. My mindset is totally opposite now. It isn't about that. Um, it's more about just affecting the lives of these young kids and, and these soldiers and these guys. That's what really matters. That's, that's the purpose. Um, and there's a lot more to life to trying to climb that ladder. Because, again, I mean, you know how, how the college sector is, man. Like, it is cutthroat. You don't see too many strength coaches now. Um, holding ground at these schools. I mean, you know, if that head man goes, everybody goes and, and you don't, you don't see a lot of them lasting. So. And you go from the collegiate ranks yep. and do you yep. go straight into special forces? Cause right now, all right, for the people who don't know, yep. you are the human performance specialist for the U S special ops command. All right. And when he says that he is legitimately training the world's elite warriors, the, the best out of the best. So I'm assuming that that's the Raiders and that's the Rangers and that's Delta Force and and that's the Seals and everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's. Yeah, I mean, there's some things I can't say. You know, it's you know how it is, but uh, let's just say that they um, it's the cream of the crop and uh, it's it's a pleasure. It's amazing what these guys can do. Let's just say that. And you know, to go from that approach where you got a bunch of collegiate kids who mm-hmm. sometimes think that they know more than they do. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got these guys who are grown men. Yep. Right, who, who've seen more than than I could ever even imagine, All right? And they're coming into that space. And how do they take teaching and coaching as opposed to what you got out of some of those collegiate kids? These uh these guys are very smart. You know, the average age that we train is around thirty, um, thirty to thirty two years old, and um, they already come in very in tune with their body. Now, I would say their training age is pretty young. Um, when it comes to, you know, knowing how to lift, um, lifting technique and, and those things. I mean, that's pretty much the same as it is in college. I mean, we have to teach these guys how to do a proper push up, pull up. I mean, them coming up in the military, I mean, all they know is 100 miles an hour, just run in a straight line, do as many push ups, sit ups as I can, pull ups, and that's it with no technique um, in mind. So we're here to fix that. You know, we're here to guide them in the right direction and pretty much keep them healthy for as long as possible. Because again, once we reach a certain age, we're gonna start dropping off, right? And and what we need is for that drop off not to happen so suddenly. And and that's that's the main thing is it, we they, they know it's coming, but we're here to, to for that drop off not to happen so quickly. Yeah. And so from a maturity standpoint, that threshold between 18 and 30 is just, yeah. it's giant, right? It's a giant leap between those years, right? Yeah, it's, it's huge, right? So these guys, I mean, you can talk to these young kids in college and they'll listen to whatever you say. Like these guys, they know you're bullshitting if you bullshit, right? I mean, even when it comes to research, I mean, these guys want to know the latest, latest thing out. How can they use it um, to recover their bodies? Because again, these guys don't sleep. Um, they try to eat right. Um, and they function on hardly anything. I mean, their gas tank's pretty much on empty all the time. It's amazing what they can do um, at a lower level of performance. Um, but yeah, we, it's it's amazing how smart these guys are. It's, and it's so, man, it's, it's intriguing to me because, you know, what yeah. you said early on is like, 
maybe I'm doing everything wrong. Maybe my push-ups are completely wrong on my pull-ups, and I got to go back and revamp everything and, yep. and yep. look at my life for what it is. And be like, come on, man, we got to do better. But uh, look, I'm doing this. I'm doing this burpee deal. I'm on day seven okay. out of twenty-one. And I'm doing okay. hundred burpees a day. All right. Oh boy. And I'm excited. Now, again, this this isn't this isn't me training for the seals over here, but it's just yeah, me yeah, wanting yeah, to be yeah. encouraged by David Goggins and the gang out there. Oh, yeah, All right, yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when you look at when you look at what these guys are asking you, what they're doing. Yeah. First off, how much research are you doing consistently? Because this ever changes technology, just like in IT space from training, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a ever revolving circle of research. I mean, the latest gadget. What's the latest? You know, and some of that stuff you can just throw right out. You know, right out the door into the trash, whatever. But some so we, stuff. We, we talked about the what was it called a whoop. Yeah, yeah, the whoop. You know, and there's some things about it that that's good, and there's some things about it that's bad. I mean, we all have our, um, you know, what we, our thoughts about things, and there's there's to me, you know, there's there's stuff out there that that's a little better. Um, but again, I use I used to use whoop, and and it, it's awesome. The interface is awesome, um, and that's what research is for, right? I mean, we have we have guys at this level that can go out and test these things and um, and and get the best, and that's what we're trying to do. You know, if you want to be the best, then you have to step your game up. And that's, I mean, that's what every, everybody, that's with me, you, the companies, all this stuff. It, it is, man. It's, it is. Yep. And it's how you advertise too, man. It's, I mean, just like, you know, social media and everything else. I mean, if you, if you have a product and you're good at advertising, it's going to sell. It's just, you know, if, just like anybody else. If I'm, if I got an eight pack abs and I show them off every day, I'm doing this crazy stuff in the gym. You know, people love to see that stuff on social media and it, it might be completely trash, you know, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's crazy how this world works, but the, the smart people will weed through that and find what's what's real, you know? Yeah, no, I, I did. I met this guy, man, and I know him actually, and I won't say his name, but, you know, this guy looks like the strongest human being I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And he can't run a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, yeah. like I think his body would break down and shut yeah. down yeah. if he tried to jog 400 meters, man. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, here's the thing. That, and that's a big one in the military, right? These guys, they'll come in and be like, okay, I want to be as strong as possible and I want to run a marathon. And I'm like, okay, like, let's sit down and talk about this for a second. Like, you might be able to do these things, but just, just know that you might not be great. At those things you can be good but you won't be great at a marathon or you'll be great at strength like you got it something has to give you know because these guys want to do everything and, and and you'll be surprised what they what they can do and i sometimes i'm surprised as well but it, it's getting them to understand like hey like you know if you want to work on running you got to give strength you know you got to back off the lifting a little bit if you want to work on lifting like let's back off the running a little bit and from are you now you're a dietitian and everything you're doing all of that for these guys? No, so we have so where I'm at, I mean we have a nutritionist, we have a cognitive uh, performance coach and data analyst. We have we pretty much for every avenue um, we have somebody dedicated to do that, which is great. Yeah. And in the military, is it a mantra like it's be healthy, be strong, be available? Is that kind of the whole deal that goes on? Yeah, I mean that's like with every, every everywhere, you know. I mean, if you can be healthy and, and be available and be strong, I mean that's pretty much the goal, you know. Because if you're not, and, and you know, if you, if you can't do your job, not on. Well, here's the thing: in the if you can't do your job in college, you just get treatment and sit on the bench. Well, in the military, if you can't do your job 
and you don't tell anybody, you can, you know, you can get yourself killed or you can get your partner killed and it gets a little serious. Right. So. Well, and, and, and along those lines as well, from a training standpoint, what's uh-huh. the difference between the training that, that I'm experiencing or doing right now as yeah, opposed to yeah. the functional training that you're getting these guys ready for? Yeah. I mean, um, so everybody programs a little differently. I mean, we have other strength coaches on staff, um, but it ranges. I mean, I have probably a good like 70 or 80 specific programs going on for these guys. So some guys like to do a little bit of CrossFit. Some guys like to do, you know, some five, three, one strength work. Um, some guys just like circuits. There's, there's different things. There's different niches these guys like, and you, you want to feed them a little bit, right? Like, okay, like I'll throw in some Metcons as long as you let me kind of program the strength work and run and running, you know? So it's like, cause if they program for themselves, they constantly, they would constantly stay hurt or, you know, they would realize like, man, something isn't working. They'd be bouncing all over the place. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's very functional. Um, I kind of don't like that word. I mean, again, it's, it's, um, we use, you know, squat, hinge, push, pull, brace, ro- rotate, all that stuff. Why not the word functional? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's overused, man. Like, oh, I, this exercise is very functional. Well, what does that mean? You know, like what, what does functional mean? I mean, we should be able to function, right? I mean, we all function. It's just, I, I like just uh, basic movement efficiency. You know, I mean, everybody should be able to squat. Everybody should be able to hinge, push, pull brace which is core work and rotate and sprint and jump like those things like if you if you can do uh keep your exercise categories right there you can have a list of exercises that you can do and you can program forever yeah yeah well and and you know are you the training that that entails yep all right is it you know everything from you know, just your basic movements to, Hey, I got to carry this body out of here and, uh-huh. and it's going to be dead weight or I got to carry guys out of a fire. I mean, you're getting yep. these guys prepped for every yeah. situation yeah. possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we, that stuff, they, they train that stuff within their daily training, their job training. But like, for instance, you know, when I say bracing, right, when I say the movement category bracing, that, that can be um, huge farmer's carries where we have these 100-pound torpedoes that we carry, you know, 80 yards for five sets of however long. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's carrying, that's bracing, um, and that's, that's mimicking carrying a body, that's mimicking carrying something heavy, a water can, um, Again, you see how that stuff kind of relates there. Yeah, I mean that's how we kind of pro- program, and, and that's and it's getting them to understand because someone's like, "Well, how come you're not getting me to, you know, put a body in in a, on a uh, a rig and, and carry it for eighty yards?" Like, well, you know, we don't we don't need to get that specific. You know, I mean, if you're strong, you're strong. If you got in, like, if you can run, you can run. I mean, that stuff is uh, it carries over. Well, at some point, these guys, I'm assuming they hit a brick wall, right? And, and at oh, that yeah. point, what is the, what's the difference between breakdown and breakthrough? Can you see that as it's coming? <laughs> where you like, you know what, I need to push this guy a little bit harder? Or, or is that something that you go through in that process where you're starting to understand who these guys are and what they're capable of? Yeah, so at the, in, the, in this setting, we don't have to worry about pushing guys harder at all. Um, you know, in college where that's the total opposite. I mean, we got to really, you know, guys waking up early in the morning, we need to push you to, and have the energy to lift. But here, I mean, when I walk in the doors in the morning, I mean, the weight room's already packed at 530 in the morning. I mean, they're in, they're getting their lifts in and they're, they're um, intrinsically motivated. And it's more about pulling these guys back. I mean, it's more about recovery than anything else. I mean, we you pretty much, fit, you know, I would say 50 to 75% is getting these guys to recover. The other is just is training. Um and getting to understand that. So 
every program every day I put recovery options on their sheet so they have something to pick from and that could be anything from sauna that could be anything from hot cold contrast that could be anything from um, you know using the Normatex um, all the all them devices that you can use to help recover I want to put that in front of their face because they're so regimental right like they need to check things off like okay um, I warmed up um, I drank my water uh, I done my lift okay what's the next recovery okay I need to pick like they're so specific in what they do man I was looking at your Instagram a little earlier mm-hmm. and you were, you were talking about the cold tub and, yep, and the yep. thing is, is like as athletes you know, you know when I played at school man yeah, yeah. We, we would do these things but I didn't really necessarily know why yeah you know? yeah yep. and and so I hated it I was like I don't want to jump in that cold tub and you know yeah, obviously yeah. after three minutes or so your body yeah you yep. know starts to 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 get I guess adapted mm-hmm. to that space yep. um but go through some of those functions too and 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 what they do to your body from yeah. that to the hyperbaric chamber to the hot tub yes so everything is is about you know um, you know fighting inflammation and and you know recovery and and restoring muscle function and all this stuff. Well, you know, speaking of the cold tubs, I mean, again, like we've seen it all the time in college football. Like you know, after two days or after camp, we go in and get in ice tubs. Well, you know, research says that getting in the ice bath right after training or a practice could inhibit um, your muscle recovery. And that's because you're slowing down the recovery process. It's just like when you ice a muscle, right? You, you, the, the blood can't get in and it slows the blood down. Well, it's the same thing with your body. I mean, you might get your body temperature down, but you don't want to put ice on an area um, that you've worked. You want that blood to keep flowing. You want that muscle to recover and you'll recover faster. So that's the kind of some research has been out there and some talk about, you know, is icing good? Is icing bad? Um, there's a lot going back and forth, but we've gotten away from, from using any kind of icing or ice baths um, right after training. Now it could be like hour. We recommend like an hour, hour and a half after activity um, is the best. And again, people's like, what? Like I've been doing that for years, you know, it's like, yeah, man. I mean, times change and there's, we've got smarter people out there to do the work for us and, and get us to understand um, the, our best methods, you know? Absolutely. Now, with the CrossFit space, the powerlifting, the regular mm-hmm. strength chaining, does CrossFit at all transition or translate to what you guys are doing, or is it a completely different space? I, I I tell people this: like, there's nothing wrong with CrossFit, right? It's just it's how it's used, who's coaching it, because there's 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 shitty coaches in CrossFit and there's shitty coaches in college and and the pros, right? You get them everywhere. It's it's how you're coached, but and it's also how you program. I mean. If you're hitting 30 power cleans and 40 power cleans, what's the purpose of that? You're just getting tired. That's that's really all you're doing. I mean, you know, you're not working on power. You're not getting more powerful. I mean, yes, you might see you might see people that first start CrossFit see adaptation because anybody that that starts out in a, tr- in a zero training age, they can pick up dumbbells and and see results, right? Um, it's more about what's the purpose, what's the end goal. Um, and some people just like to feel tired, but I think that's where we mess up. I think that's where we mess up with lifting. I think where we mess up with conditioning because even with conditioning, you know, how many people don't train with the heart rate monitor? They just go out and run and they get tired and they're like, oh, you know, that was a good workout. Well, what were you working? Were you working aerobic? Were you working a lactic? Were you working lactic? I mean, those things play a role into, you know, your energy system development and people, and, and again, that, I mean, there's coaches out there that still just take their players out there and just run. And it's like, what's the purpose of that? 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, they got uh, at Clemson specifically. They got these trackers now, man. These heart rate monitors. Yeah, we didn't have them when I was there. I don't think <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the technology existed, but they would just they would just run us. And we, oh, had I these. was I was guilty of it, man. Like I would I, these guys these guys would get back um, after all summer, and you know they're out of shape, right? You're like, all right, we're gonna run to get in shape. And it's like that, that's so far from what we needed to be doing, you know, and that, and that's just learning as a coach, you know, going and learning and, and learning from other people and studying. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's things that you make mistakes, but hopefully you don't make a bad mistake and really get somebody in trouble and get somebody hurt. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had these things called snakes, you know? Oh yeah. And, uh, Oh man. I, I mean like, the worst i mean it gets you know you're you're fort bragg right in that space yeah so south carolina north carolina south carolina it, mm-hmm. it all gets very warm yeah and i can remember feeling like i was dying out there like legitimately <laughs> man we had you know there was a, a line leader and and if we weren't sprinting it was even worse you know because coach was like well what are you doing you know so it's like follow the leader for the people who don't know what snakes is you know mm-hmm. guy in the back sprints up to the front it, it becomes oh, like this man, whole man. thing and you don't want to get you don't want to get to the point where you know you're lagging behind pretty much uh-huh. and it was the worst or we had these hills called the dykes which is i mean legitimately just inclined 45 degrees <laughs> i man I, my first summer you know, growing up in Virginia Beach, you know, I wasn't really into that outdoor space. So I can remember running and had these white socks. And when I looked down, and there's a, this 10-inch centipede on my leg. And I almost oh, fell down man. the hill. And, oh, man, it was ridiculous. But, <laughs> you know, when I'm talking to my guys, man, you know, people ask me all the time, do you miss playing? And, you know, there are certain aspects of the games that you miss. But you miss everything that that, that took place in order to get to the field, right? It's yep, a, yep. a summer training, and it's the winter training, and it's running in the rain, and it's – pushing that guy beside you because you, in his mind he can't he can't finish and he can't last but you know that he can so it's seeing more out of him than what he's even seeing himself and it becomes this whole deal so even when we're talking about these guys who perform at an elite level do you still have that you still got those guys that are pushing pushing each other to a level that they don't even know that they can reach oh yeah absolutely i mean we uh we see it when we do our performance testing uh, we do it twice a year we put them through a battery of tests and when you get these guys doing it together, um, two or three or four guys at a time, it's amazing to see um, with the effort level and once that competition kicks in, um, it's just a, it's just a different level. I mean, it's just the way it is. They love to compete. They want to beat the guy next to them. I mean, I think that's just bred in us, you know. Um, it should be bred in, in everybody. They love to compete and win, um, and we see good results from them. I mean, sometimes we, w- we want to pair them together so I know they'll give 110% effort. But yeah, we absolutely see it. Man, that is awesome right there, man. I think yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. But you also trained Olympic athletes, both male and female. When I yeah, say, yeah. when I was talking about, you know, your training, obviously I don't mean specifically guys. I mean, yep, there's, yep. there are some elite women soldiers out here too on the day to day and would kick my ass across any course. And the obstacle course was, was actually pretty fun. <laughs> uh, I thought it was enjoyable. Did you end up doing it? The obstacle course? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we placed third. Yeah, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. The only reason we won is because Bert was like an expert I bow hunter. I, I, he, y'all need to asterisk by your name because he, he's he's the one that built the course. Built the so course. that's not yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great, man. But uh, uh, very enjoyable, man. Very enjoyable. Um, but when you're training these, these Olympians, 
and these these other athletes do you have do you have a hard time deciphering the two because you're going into this space over here where yeah. these guys are and these girls are self-driven to a point of, of no return where they're just going to put all they need to and in, in, in order to essentially get where they need to go and then you got these other these youths sometimes as well where you're like hey i need to i need to pull this out of them mm-hmm. yeah i mean again it's it's just like anybody else i mean it's it's what you thrive on it's what you you want as a coach so i mean the, the you know olympians uh the military i mean those are easy right i mean those that's that's the easy way it's it's the the youth that need guidance um, need coaching, need teaching, and, you know, that's where it, it's fun. That's where, like, if you're not leaving the weight room sweating, sweating as a coach because you're running around teaching as, as hard as possible and coaching as hard as possible, um, you know, you didn't do your job. So it's, it's and, and really communicating, and, and I'm big on, on the word connection. Um, you got to learn how to connect with people. There's a difference between a coach coming in and knowing how to program and his, his stuff looks good on paper, but does he relate and can he connect with the players or can he connect with, um, you know, the athletes? That's very important. That's probably the number one important thing. Man, and, and it's, it's funny that you, you, you mentioned that from a connectivity standpoint, because uh, I had a lot of people who were in and out of my life uh, growing up, you know, different coaches, different organizations. But there was a guy named T.J. Morgan, Dr. T.J. Morgan uh-huh. in Virginia Beach. And... Um, you know, this guy was a pretty elite trainer, at least in my eyes, man. But I can remember in seventh, eighth grade, you know, in the summers going over there. And every Saturday, man, I would get this pit in my stomach before we got over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because I knew, like, it was about to go down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we had this this machine, the Vertimax. And I, and I know yep, that yep. you heard of it. I know that people that are listening have heard of it as well. But... I mean, I knew I was coming out of coming out of that that training session, uh, throwing up. And if I didn't throw up, then you know, and maybe that's not super healthy. But for the time being, like I knew, like I competed. You know, mm-hmm. we would do this whole this this truck pulling deal. And, and as I got older, I realized that being a neutral, I mean, it's not the same as pulling a truck. That's, you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's you got a little help there. You uh-huh. know? You're pulling uh-huh. a little bit, but you're still pulling a truck though. That's that's the thing. Looks cool. So now I got these yeah. Yeah. these sixth graders. Whose parents are controlling their Instagrams? Like, check out my son. You know, and I'm like, cool, bro. I did that too. You know, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, because you probably you were pulling the truck. You probably didn't have social media back then. <laughs> no, no, MySpace was booming. <laughs> yeah, all oh, MySpace, man. I miss MySpace. Yeah, and it's it, some of the guys. They had this uh, this like a uh, challenge for mm-hmm. a lot of the guys at Clemson in the bowl game, and they had to name items. And one of them was a floppy disk, and none of the guys knew what a floppy disk was. <laughs> you know? And then they had, like, TLC up there. Nobody knew who oh TLC was. And I was gosh. like, this is mind-blowing to me. How old am I? I, I had know, this kid man. I ran into who was like, hey, Mr. Boyd. I'm like, shit, Mr. Boyd. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little weird. I was, uh, I tell you what, though. You know what I miss most about MySpace is the music. Having the music in there, man. I was just thinking about this today. <laughs> I mean, you'll have... You know, whether it was, it was a good part of the relationship, bad part of the relationship, the MySpace my music was predicated to let whoever you were dating know yep. what you felt in your heart. You know? yep. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> that is good stuff right there, man. <laughs> but um, 
All right, so let's transition into 13 Bar. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because I, that's really awesome. You and your wife founded it. She's the CEO. Yep. You're the founder. Um, what exactly is 13 Bar? Because I, as I look at it on the website, you know, it says country, it says community. Yep. yep. And you tie all of that together. I do. I uh, So basically when I entered the military setting, um, I started to realize that, you know, the – the younger population that's entering the military, they really need help. Um, you know, they're, they're seeking help. They're seeking knowledge, um, especially when it comes to human performance and exercising and everything. It's like, man, like you don't see a lot of, you know, online presence out there with, with proper programming and education. I mean, you see it a lot like in the overall fitness world, but you don't see it specifically to the tactical setting. And, um, I was like, you know what, like, you know, I want to start something and really help people and, and, and find a purpose here. So, you know, my wife and I were sitting down one day and we're trying to think of names and she was like, what about 13 bar? And I was like, 13 bar, like, what does that mean? She's like, you know, the 13 bars on the flag. And I was like, oh man, that's genius. You know, that's genius. So yeah, we, uh, we, uh, we decided to go with that name and a, and a former, um, swimming athlete of mine. She's a graphic designer. Um, she designed the logo for me and, uh, she done a great job and it kind of just boomed from there. Um, so now we're just kind of trying to put out real content, um, no BS, um, you know, not putting out like wads of the day or anything like that, like real programming that people can purchase and, um, you know, so I can buy this online. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, yeah. So the website has, I think we have around 20 plus programs that range from lifting to running to, to vision training, um, to recovery. Uh, pretty much anything that you need specifically to what category you want to work on. Um, and it's not geared just to military. I mean, this is, this is firefighters, this is police, this is sports, this is anybody. Because again, like training is training, right? I mean, um, you know, you can get specific and there, and we leave some of our programs pretty open um, and leave it to, for the person to have the freedom to pick what exercise they want to do or what condition they want to do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we're wanting to kind of, spread the word and, and start reaching a lot of people in, in all categories, uh, really like how to train and, and how, really how to do things right and, and what's real out there, you know? Man, that's good right there, man. That's good stuff. Now, yeah. your wife was a Division One athlete. She, she played was, soccer. Was. Yeah, she played soccer, Southern Miss. How competitive are you guys together? No, is that oh. where I met? Because I know you were a strength trainer. At yeah, Southern. so I was at Southern Miss at the time. And the funny thing is when I was tra- I was training soccer – and uh, people were like, man, so y'all, y'all were dating when you were a coach? And I was like, I know everybody thinks that, right? Everybody's going to think that. But no, what, what happened was is when I left, um, she contacted me. She had a bad injury in uh, college, and uh, she was like, I don't know what to do. Like, my programming is pissing me off, and, uh, you know, what's your advice? And we kind of started talking from there, and um, we kind of hit it off, and, and boom, she came and visited me in Virginia at the time, and, you know, it was done from there. <laughs> you know, it was done from there. But when we talk about being competitive, um, we, we really aren't, man. I mean, we, uh, you know, she trains in the garage on her time. We don't train together. I'm not big on training together as a couple. I just, it just doesn't work, man. Oh, so that whole <laughs> the whole deal, a couple that trains nah, together, stay together. I ain't believing in all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she likes to have her time and listen to her stuff and her music, and, and I'll have my time, and, and we definitely understand each other when it comes to that. But she trains her butt off, man. I mean, she squats, deadlifts, presses. I got on her program now, and 
Um, she's doing great. All right, so now I got to ask, what's on the playlist? What's on your playlist? Oh, man, uh, let's see. Uh, today, you know, I'm a big reggae fan, dude. I love reggae, but, like, I like I like some Bob Marley, but um, right now it's The Green. You, you ever heard of him? I have not. I'm going to have to sing you, sing you a couple songs. I mean, it's more of a, like an R&B reggae vibe. It's like some island vibes. Dude, I mean, it's it's some good stuff. You got, I mean, y'all got, a, y'all got a Jamaican spot near you? Do I? Because, <laughs> I mean, look, beef patties is hard to beat. Man. I mean, I had a lot of food in my life. That's one that's just, you know, unmatched, you know. I just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can I can listen to whatever when I train. You know, I kind of block it out anyway. Um, but, yeah, like when I'm, you know, riding down the road this morning, it was, I was like, you know what, man? Like, this weather's just miserable. I need something to put me in, like, a good island vibe. So I put on some reggae, and I was like, yeah, this is this is where it's at right now. Man, when I got to Clemson, I had no clue who Jack Johnson was. You know? <laughs> and I heard better together than I heard banana pancakes, and it changed my changed my life. Yeah, it's a, it's a great some great songs there. And we we know Bob Marley and the Willers. Oh yeah, I shot yes, the sheriff yes. and all of that. And that's that's fantastic, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, because growing up, I mean, Sean Paul was it. Sean Paul, yep, yep. Let's see, Sean Paul, Collie Buds. <laughs> Man, those guys were great. <laughs> Sean Paul and Bubba Sparks. Yeah, Bubba Sparks. Man, some good stuff. Oh, that's awesome though, man. Now, how thirteen bar? Yeah, yeah. Do people? Is it is it a gym to the point where people continuously pop up? Um, so, I mean, how does that work on a day to day operations, or is it set for a certain time period, weekends? You know, certain days of the week. Yeah. So we, um, you know, we try to be available at all times, right? So, like, I'm pretty good at answering people's questions. Um, within 24 hours. Now, once we grow, that might be a little different, right? So, I mean, we're constantly growing. Um, it, it, it's getting, you know, a little more challenging to answer everybody's questions, but I get to them. Like, I'm big on that, right? Like, I'm not big on ignoring messages and stuff. And um, when it comes to, to programs and everything, um, again, they, they purchase the program, they get a downloadable link um, automatically. And again, like, I look at it, do, could I lose some money that way? Yeah. I mean, people are probably sharing some programs. That's just part of it. Um, cause everything's just downloadable and, um, but eventually we might get to using an app and, and, and start doing that stuff. But for now, um, we're just sticking with the file, but, but yeah, I mean, we have some people coming in and, and buying multiple programs and coming back and, and that's a good sign, right? I mean, I think it's all about customer service and people realizing that you're real and, um, you know, not bullshitting around. So, Man, that is uh, that's awesome right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. From a from a parent standpoint, you uh-huh. know, you ever seen the movie? You ever seen the show The Rugrats? Show The Rugrats? No, I haven't. The car, it was animated back in way back when. Oh, the, oh, you mean the Nickelodeon show Rugrats? Nickelodeon show. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so you had I think it was like Doctor Lipswitch. You know, the book that that Tommy's mom would always read when it, when <laughs> yeah. something happened. Okay. Now, do you get some of these parents who legitimately just think way too much in depth? about the training itself and you know are to the point where they're legitimately fearful or scared for their kids like you know is this going to stun his growth kind of deal yeah and, and, and is that a real thing because i always wanted to know my yeah. dad had me drinking mild plates man at like 12 <laughs> I didn't know. okay so yes the 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 parents i mean you get it both ways right you get some that want to come in and question everything you're doing and they're they're their, their kid needs to do this and that because I want them to be a professional athlete. And this, you know, you get those and you also get the ones that, like you said, they're a little backwards and don't believe in lifting weights at a younger age. So you, you get both. Um, 
and you just got to learn how to talk to the parent and stuff. And, and I think when you're working with youths and parents, I think you have to set the standards right when the person walks in the door. I believe in saying, okay, I'm going to talk to Sally by herself, not with her parents around. And then you talk to the parents without Sally around and lay down the ground rules of like, hey, like this is what I need for this to happen and, and to be successful, right? I don't need you walking in the door right by my side while I'm coaching 24-7. Like you got to lay those rules down. Um, but when it comes to lifting weights when you're young, I'm not a big believer in it, man. Like I think kids need to play as many sports as they can, and you probably heard that before. Um, sure. I mean, I, I played. I tried to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, was I mean, shooting yeah. basketball, you, but you know, you I, I should. Play. You should, right? I mean, you, you know, you need, we need to go outside. We need to play. Um, there's nothing. I think parents need to realize that nutrition and them staying in shape is more important than lifting weights. Once they get to middle school, they might be introduced to some high school. But again, like as a college strength coach. Like we see more kids come in messed up than they are, um, you know, starting fresh. I'd rather get a kid that hasn't lifted a weight day one than a kid that's been in a shitty high school program, you know. So, but yeah, I, they, it's tough to change at that point, right? Yeah, exactly, right. You can you can mold them into how you want them and, and teach them from the ground up. Where somebody you need to fix, you might it might take you a full year or two to fix their their problems. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, yeah, I think nutrition is a big because you, how many parents do we see with travel baseball or travel, all this stuff where, you know, they're rushing and, and their kids hungry and they're going to stop by McDonald's or stop by Burger King instead of planning ahead. I think the parents need to be educated just as much as the kids. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. You know, sometimes I'm feeling it, man. I'm going to McDonald's. I'm yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's in everybody's. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it's, it's the, it's the fact of like, okay, like we know it's going to be a late game. Their game's not going to be over. We're probably gonna get home around 10, 11. It's like, okay, let, what can, let's, let's pack something like let's, let's, you know, have a cooler. Let's pack something for them. And um, again, it's, it's just easy. You're not spending that much money every time going out to fast food and you're, you're it's healthy and it, it'll, it'll pay off in the long run. You know, now are, are you a meal prepper? Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. I can eat the same thing every day, man. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, will prep. I'll eat the same thing for lunch and dinner. Um, breakfast, uh, I eat at work um, because, I mean, we get breakfast is like 345, all you can eat. I mean, you can't beat that. You know, so we crush breakfast. But yeah, the same thing for, uh, for lunch and dinner. Um, and yeah, pretty disciplined when it comes to that. It's just, I mean, it saves money and it's, it's just healthy and I don't have to think about food. You know, it's just, it's there. Man, 345. You said that's how much it costs? 345, man. I get, I get, yeah. I mean, I get a lot. Let's just say that. I, I you can't even get a number one from, from McDonald's or Chick-fil-A with that. You can go to Burger King and get a number one. See, see? About it. see what I'm saying? Like, it, it, there's a way. <laughs> I love words. Oh man! Now, when it's all said and done, you know, what do you want? What do you want people have to to have gotten uh, from their experience and their time with you? Man, I just really, I would just, uh, I like to make an impact on people. Man, I, um, you know, I think that your true purpose is is having something that, that you're passionate about and having the freedom to work. Like I know a lot of people just talk about, they hate their work, they hate their jobs. Well then, then get out, man, find something that, 
that gives you the freedom to do the stuff that you're passionate about. Open your own business. Like it's a like if you if you if you're a hard worker, like you'll be successful, man. Like just just keep working hard. And I just I'm a big believer in that. I want people to know that I'm a hard worker. Um, I'm going to be there for them, and uh, I'm real. You know, I, I'm real real as it gets. You know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a big people person, but when you know, I feel like I can really relate to somebody and really talk to somebody and and enjoy the conversation, and they know that. Um, I'm going to be there for them at the end of the day, and I'm here to help them. You know, it's just making an impact, man. That's what it's all about. Giving them all you got, man. That's, That's it. Special. That's it, man. I mean, and hopefully, hopefully that carries over, you know, to my kids and and to the people that I'm teaching, and and um, again, eventually, you know, down the road, I might I might open up a business, I might open up 13 Bar and have our own facility and stuff. Who knows, man? I'm just hard work pays off, and and just stay patient. Well, that's what I love about, you know, being in, in, in position to have some sort of influence and you don't have yeah. to have, that's the thing. Like people don't have to have a million followers. No. They only need one. All they have to do is be able to impact one person. And yeah. you don't know how far along that line that, that it trickles, you yep. know, yep. it becomes this whole thing, man, this short deal. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you know, you just want to have been able to, to make a positive impact in somebody's life. So. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember sitting down with Bert Soren, um, I remember sitting down with him a couple of years ago and I remember him telling me, like, I asked him like, Hey man, like, like, how are you blowing up with Sornex? Like, what are you doing? You know? And, and he's like, man, I just, uh, I, I live in thin air. And I'm like, what is thin air? What does that mean? You know, he's like, he's like, not a lot of people live up there, right? Like when you have other people that live up there and they ask you to go on a hunt or come visit them or, you know, something like that, like you go. You know, like if you have those those big names, those big influencers where you should probably go do something and you don't feel like doing it, you need to go. Because you never know what's going to happen, right? Just like coming to Winter Strong. You never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to talk to. And, and look, like we're on a podcast right now. That's that's what successful people do, man. You know, that's what they do. It was from that French toast, man. How good was that? It was casserole. I've been telling everybody about that, man. <laughs> I was like, my gosh. So the rivets got something special going on, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I would love to go out there and uh, get like a bear hunt going on on their cat. Just basically to eat their food. That's all I want to go there for anyway. For sure. For sure, man. <laughs> but no, man. Hey, Sheldon, man, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you jumping on and spending this time with me. Yeah, man. You know, I look, it, it, it's so cool because... I know wholeheartedly that somebody's going to get something out of this, man. It's going to help them yeah, real life, yeah. too. And, and that's what this podcast is about more than anything, man. I yep. just, yep. you know, I, I've been blessed to have had uh, some pretty awesome experiences. And, you know, again, what you just said, I mean, going out to Winter Strong, I had no inclination, had no idea what that was going to turn into. And it became something, you know, even more special than I thought. And it was, it was awesome. So Yeah, man. I'm a, look, I'm going to drive to North Carolina, man. I don't know if I can get on base now, but I'm going to come see you up there. Yeah, you come, dude, we got an extra bedroom. You're welcome anytime, man. Anytime. How can people, and I'm going to post it up here as well, but how, how can people who are listening get a hold of you? Man, I'm, I'm on social media. Um, you know, our company, 13 Bar Strong, that's on Instagram, um, at 13 Bar Strong. And then uh, my personal Instagram is Shelton G Stevens. Um, you know, Instagram is probably the way to go. I don't check Facebook that much and, and Twitter is more of a, you know, just checking the news. So, but those two right there, Instagram is uh, the way to go. Um, they can message me anytime. I'm, I'm open to conversation. We can share our contact information and uh, get on a phone call and I'm willing to share whatever information I have, man. I'm here to help people. 
Absolutely. Well, look, I appreciate you, big guy, so much, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, looking forward to uh, looking forward to getting this thing out there. So it should drop in the next couple of days or so. But awesome. you know, this is gonna last a lifetime, right here. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me, man. This is awesome. Absolutely. And look, can't wait to see what little man turns into. I know it's gonna be special. Oh, man. he's he's a, he's already sprinting. He's got mama's legs, man. So he knows how he knows how to sprint. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to Macy, I'll say hello, man. And uh, I'm going to definitely check out 13 Bar Strong myself. And, yeah. And really just jump into it, man, and, and get a plane going on that side, too. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. All right, big guy. Well, thank you, man. All and, right. And uh, we'll right. talk soon, all right? All right. Sounds good.